gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity, we think. Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. I know this is going to surprise all of you, but one of the topics that I never get asked to preach about is tithing. And it's kind of a crazy thing. I mean, if you think about it, 17 years of preaching across three congregations And not once, not once has anyone ever come into my office and said, Pastor Hope, when are you going to preach on tithing? And maybe, and I I think this is really the case, maybe it's just that all of you, all of you have just been wishing that I would do a sermon on tithing, but it's kind of like the broccoli and the teeth thing, where you didn't want to seem pushy about it. So you have all just politely waited for that moment when we could all sit down and talk about tithing together. And my friends, that day has arrived. Your patience has paid off. But here's the thing, though, about preaching, at least for me. If I'm going to do it with integrity, then I've got to be honest about my own experience. And quite frankly, I don't want to give a sermon on tithing because the second that I do that, you all are going to find out that your pastor doesn't tithe yet. Now, before I go any further, I want to make sure we're all on the same page about what this tithing is. Tithing is 10% of your income. That's the biblical definition of tithing. And inevitably, someone in this room is asking themselves, is that before or after taxes? That question right there is one of the few many reasons that I don't tithe yet. Because see, all of us, every one of us has priorities. And and one of my priorities has been not to go to jail. Because I have played Monopoly enough times to know that if you don't pay your taxes, you go to jail. So taxes are a priority in my life. There's got to be enough money to pay the taxes. Now, many of the priorities that that you and I will have in life will be far easier for us to see. We can build shrines to them. Could be our houses, could be our cars, our kids, grandkids. Maybe your shrine is in the pages of your passport or a plaque in the hallway of a prestigious institution that you highly value. All of us, every one of us, has priorities. The people of Israel did too. And when we get to chapter 31, the people are in the process of readjusting their priorities. So they start by tearing down the things that they used to worship or the things that they had prioritized in their lives. Now, when they were all finished, all of Israel who were present went out to the cities of Judah and they broke down the pillars hewed down the sacred poles, pulled down the high places and the altars throughout all of Judah and Benjamin and in Ephraim and Manasseh until they had destroyed them all. Then all of the people of Israel returned to their cities, all to their individual properties. That first step is killer. It is so hard. Tearing down all those other things that we worship whether that's your daily trip to Starbucks or your season tickets to your favorite team, we all worship something that's not the Lord God Almighty. And what's super interesting about tithing 
is, is that God is not anti-Starbucks or anti-Tampa Bay Lightning. Tithing is 10%. What you do with the other 90% is up to you. But your pastor, your pastor can justify not tithing. I am so good at it. I have a doctorate in being able to justify not tithing. Do you know how I do it? How I make my excuse for not tithing? Because I do it with my time. I mean, maybe you've never heard of somebody saying that, but, but I do it with my time. There are some weeks when we should just throw a cot in my office and a shower in the bathroom. This place is a second home to my children. Now, I may be on the payroll for 40 to 60 hours a week, but many weeks exceed the 100-hour mark, and that, that is my gift to the church. And I'm so good at justifying this, and I'm so generous that I don't even count. I don't even count the hours that I have spent leading Girl Scout troops or volunteering at my kid's school or doing something else for another organization. That's, that's just on top of how incredibly generous I am with my time. I don't, I don't want to point fingers, but I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in that. Many of us hide behind our time to protect what really matters to us, which, if we're honest, is our money. And that's totally screwed up because money comes and goes, but time is limited and our priorities are out of whack. Not only that, but, but why would we assume that it's one or the other? God wants all of us, not just part. So if, if you think about it like the body and, and you say, I will give you my head, that seems really generous. But what good is the head unless you have the neck and the torso and all the other parts with it? So the first step to tithing involves tearing down our shrines that give witness to what we really value. Second Chronicles, when they say that they broke down the pillars and, and these sacred poles, the high places and the altars, these were not easy things to give up and even less easy to destroy. Because even if they weren't worshiping them in a material world, these were pretty pricey items. But these things distract us, and they constantly compete for our undivided attention. There was once a man speaking about how important tithing was to him, and he said, there are all kinds of creditors who want a piece of me and my paycheck. There are all sorts of other concerns that, that compete for my attention and my money, but I write out my check to the church first before I pay anything else. It's my way of saying, I belong to God first before anybody else gets a piece of me. We want to see tithing as an obligation because obligations are torturous. When it's an obligation, it's not something that you want to do with your whole heart. You just have to do it. And that doesn't really elicit the best from us. But what this man did was that he made tithing a statement of faith. And that changes everything, doesn't it? We belong to God first. Do we believe that? Do you believe that? Think about it for a minute. We're going to come back to it. So our sermon today is called, I've Got My Priorities, You Don't Want to Talk About It, and I Don't Trust You. 
We've covered the priorities part. What is this you don't want to talk about it business? One of the excuses that many of us use for not tithing is that the church doesn't talk about it. And what that means to me is that I, as your pastor, does not talk about it. So I did a little bit of math on this. Help me here, because I'm not a math person. If we estimate that I have preached 45 sermons a year for almost 10 years here at Kirkwood, I'm up to 450 sermons. If I go back and I search my sermon files for the word tithing, we come up with two sermons. If I'm super, super generous and we throw in sermons that involved giving or money in some way, shape, or form, we are up to 17 sermons, which means that less than a whopping 4% of my preaching has tackled the issue of money head on. That is a statistic you're going to want to have in your back pocket the next time that somebody says all the church ever talks about is money. No, churches like ours, we don't like to talk about money. That's, that's not something that polite people do. And yet Jesus talked about money all the time. Why is that? It's because Jesus didn't come to be polite. He came to, he came to save the world. In 2 Chronicles, the leaders actually went ahead and they they appointed people. It was such a big deal that they appointed people to be the ones to speak about tithing and to remind God's followers of what's in Scripture. Hezekiah appointed the divisions of priests and of the Levites division by division, everyone according to his service, the priests and the Levites for burnt offerings, offerings of well-being to minister in the gates of the camp, of the Lord and to give thanks and praise. But there's something strange. There's something strange about talking about tithing that we need to address. Just because our church hasn't done it doesn't mean that every church doesn't talk about tithing. In fact, there are many, many churches that do it regularly, not just Presbyterians, though. And there could be a good reason for that. A philanthropic think tank has studied giving trends over the years. And the one thing that they have noticed is that the average Presbyterian, of which we are, I mean, I think we're exceptional Presbyterians, but the average Presbyterian makes more money than the average churchgoer of any other denomination second only to Episcopalians. Now, if that's true then you might just assume that we Presbyterians are naturally generous folks. Not necessarily. Did you hear about the Presbyterian who tithed regularly when he first started his business? He made the commitment to give 10% right off the top. And then his business began to really take off, and suddenly he was making $1,000 a week more than he used to make. His business expanded, and a greater share of the income then went to overhead costs. It bothered him, and and he went to the pastor to, to tell the pastor his sad story. So the pastor listened and said, I have an idea. Let's pray about it. Seems like a good pastor response, right? So the man eagerly agreed, and the minister started praying, Lord, please 
reduce this man's salary so that he can tithe again. <laughs> Church, your pastor, your pastor stands convicted and guilty of not preaching enough on tithing. But just because I haven't preached about it enough doesn't mean that it isn't in Scripture and it isn't something that God asks of all of us even those of us who do not tithe yet. So we've got our priorities. The church doesn't want to talk to us about tithing, but there's still something missing. Remember when I asked you a few minutes ago to think about what you believe? Do you believe that you belong to God first? I, I bet everybody in this room wants to believe that. I'd even go so far as to say that, that most of us would say that we do believe that. But we don't tithe yet. And the reason that we don't is that, that when push comes to shove, we don't trust God. Or put another way, we're, we're afraid. How many times have you said to yourself, you know what, um, I plan on giving, I'm gonna do it after my tax return comes in, after I pay the tuition, the mortgage payment, I get the kids through sports season, after Christmas, when I retire, when I have more disposable income. Now, is that because you are giving God your leftovers or because you don't trust that God will provide for you and you've decided that you need to cover yourself? There's also a fear of the world is God going to come after me if I don't tithe? Is my mortgage company going to come after me if I don't pay the mortgage? Here's what you need to know. God is going to pursue you no matter what. He is going to spend your entire life pursuing you, not for money, but because he loves you more than you could possibly imagine. He is coming after you for good. The mortgage company, not so much. So where would we even begin with tithing? And I, I've got to tell you that there's been many years when, when I have tried it and I have failed. I might get close, but I always fall short. Because you see, tithing, brothers and sisters, is a discipline. And like every discipline, it requires practice and commitment. So one of the possibilities to get us into the practice of giving and working our way towards tithing is to give God a proportion of what we own. Then we can make a commitment to grow in our giving until we attain a tithe. So for instance, if you work a 40-hour-a-week, Calculate how much you make per hour. Then start by giving what you make for the first hour of your weekly work. So that's 1 40th. 1 40th, 2.5%. It isn't a tithe, but it is a start. And we can grow from there. The only thing that's going to stop us is fear. But let me show you what happened in 2 Chronicles when the people brought their first fruits as a tithe. 
As soon as the word spread, the people of Israel gave in abundance the first fruits of their grain, wine, oil, honey, all the produce of the field, and they brought abundantly a tithe of everything. The people of Israel and Judah, who lived in the cities of Judah, also brought in a tithe of cattle and sheep, the tithe of dedicated things that had been consecrated to the Lord their God. And they laid them in heaps. In the third month, they began to pile up the heaps, and they finished them in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the officials came and they saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps, and the chief priest, Azariah, who was of the house of Zadok, answered him, Since they began to bring the contributions into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty to spare. For the Lord has blessed his people, so we have a great supply left over. The people had enough. They had more than enough. There was enough to keep the people of God moving forward. And listen to this. Listen to how much of enough they had. There was enough to provide for that temple, and then for the sanctuary, and then later on for the church, and then for evangelism and new churches, then for the spreading of the gospel across the world, then for the sharing of the good news, then for the saints of Kirkwood Presbyterian Church to build this building, and then build a sanctuary, and to call a pastor, and to hire a second one, and to grow a children's ministry, and to have a choir, and a community garden, and a mission outreach all over Manatee County, the state of Florida, and the world, all because way back in Second Chronicles, the people of God adjusted their priorities, they started talking about tithing, and they gave of their first fruits, and the whole time, the whole time, God was faithful. That is a bankable track record. You can have faith that God is going to be there. So let's try this together, church. Let's, let's make giving a priority. Let's start talking about tithing. And let's encourage one another to trust God. And that includes and starts with your pastor. Let's pray together. Lord, we, uh, we confess that one of the reasons we don't want to talk about tithing is because most of us don't do it. And nobody wants to come to church and listen to the things that we're not so good at. But you know what? The good news is you're right here with us. You already know this about us, and yet you keep pursuing us anyway. And so we're asking, Lord, for your help. We're asking that, that you help us to grow in this discipline because that is what it is, a discipline. We're going to need each other to do it, to be encouraged about it, and to grow into it. So help all of us to take that very first step. Encourage us every step of the way. In your name we pray. Amen.